Yes, indeed, Lord God, the war is furious, but you have won the battle. Lord, you are the anchor of our soul. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for your will being done, O Lord Jesus, on earth, even as it's being done in heaven. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. We declare your kingdom this day, your will, your truth to prevail, to bring freedom and justice and liberty and agreement, Lord God, to the people that belong to you. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. I thank you that you defeated the enemy. You rose from the dead. You took the keys of hell and death. You gave us power and authority over all the power of the enemy, Lord, even to bind and to loose, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And Lord, we really do need to know how to use those authorities that you've given us, Father. We thank you for taking, we bind the powers of darkness over this broadcast, over Rescue Radio, over our lives, over our families. We take authority with the promises that you've given us that no weapon formed against us will prosper. It is time, Lord God, for us to clearly see the vision and understand the prophetic revelation that you've given us, Lord God. And so I pray today that your Holy Spirit would work mightily in the world, in the earth, in our lives, in the listeners, in all of us, that we would be anointed to receive the revelation of your truth, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we ask for wisdom. I ask for uh, that every spirit of confusion would be cast out, that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive, and the courage to change the things that need to be changed in our lives, making the, um, the decision Lord God, through the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to change those things that need to be changed, that we won't just be meandering through our lives until you come to take us home. Let us make a difference, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm looking in Proverbs chapter uh, 29, and this, uh, verse 18, uh, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. That word revelation means um, prophetic vision or understanding. Jesus said, even in teaching the parables uh, the, of the sower and the soil, that if the people do not understand understand what the parable is saying, what the word is saying, then Satan comes and snatches the word from them. And so what we see these days is a complete um, undermining, uh, twisting, perverting, of everything that's going on out there, every word, every concept, every news bulletin, every uh, even in the church, the uh, the concept of, of of the biblical principles as set forth in the Word of God and through the Gospels and through the epistles are just absolutely uh, sifted and strained and redefined in every way that is imaginable. And because of that, because there's so much conflict, so much controversy, so much, you know, uh, even in Jesus's day, you go back and even before that, but you see the conflict uh, between religion and politics and Jesus as he was bringing the kingdom of God principles to the earth, you know, you see the war, you see the war of words, you see their hatred, their contempt, um, trying to set him up, rejecting, resisting, um, trying to uh, sabotage 
uh, trying to find fault with him uh, in every way. And you know, nothing has changed. The truth of God's word, Jesus Christ incarnate, Jesus Christ coming into this world to um, uh, teach us, to show us, to reveal to us the true kingdom of God and, and give us an understanding of the Father and the relationship God wants to have with us. That has all been in every way, shape, and form, dissected, scattered, blown up, destroyed You know, by the enemy. He's tried to do everything he could to destroy the truth. And so, and, and the problem is we're caught in the middle of that battle. And for many of us, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, we think that, you know, our ways are right. Um, and we, we have a hard time considering, you know, any other options. We're pretty stuck in our ways, uh, even in the church, even in our, our pursuit of God. We're very stuck in our religious ways. We have no idea how much religion has wrapped us up like a mummy, and we're very restricted and very controlled by the opinions of others, church politics. Anything. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, where, where do we take this? How do we find the truth? What's the truth? You know, what is the truth? Where do we find it? And the key is you, you really have to you know, push all that other stuff aside. A lot of people seek other people's understanding, read the books, you know, listen to the videos. Um, and, and some of those things are good and they're helpful and they, they support and they encourage and they reveal and give us a little more insight into something. Or, or, but, but really bottom line is this search for truth is between you and God. It is between you and the Holy Spirit. It is your life. It's not, you're not, we're not in a group think here. We're not trying to figure this all out and make everybody else do it our way. You and I will have to all individually give an account of ourselves before God someday. And so it all boils down to quite a, quite a simple process of the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is revealing, uh, giving us understanding of the Word of God to our own soul and our own mind, our own life, and then seeking counsel through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. It's, it's you know, there's so many shortcuts the enemy's even provided for us to shortcut having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you look at, you know, the Psalms and or the Proverbs, especially the Psalms, you'll see the men, especially, and David was one of the main authors, but you will see the, the man, his conversations with God, his struggles with himself, with God, with truth, with what's going on, with his enemies, you will see his heart is poured out. It's like you can get right inside of his soul and look at one man's struggle, one man's walk, one man's desire to follow God. And, you know, there are others too you can you can look at, you can look and, and you know, the Holy Spirit will show us. Like, for example, Paul, you know, he gives us, he reveals to us through the book of Acts and through the epistles, a lot of his own personal struggles um, and, and working out, hammering out the truth of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. When Jesus gave those concepts in the, in all, in the Beatitudes and, and in all of the, the teaching, uh, he, he let, a lot of it was left yet to be hammered out by the people who would come after him, Paul, Peter, the apostles, etc. And so um, Paul was one of the main ones that God used to write out understanding, you know, technical understandings, get behind the scenes, know what's really going on with the law. Um, how do we 
how do we justify uh, or how do we incorporate or how do we um, let go of what do we do? You know, with the law in the Old Testament, there was a lot of legalities and commandments and things. And now God has refined and defined and reduced and upgraded all of those laws to be simply, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. This leaves a lot of leeway. It takes away a lot of the boundaries and the and the list making, and it makes it a little bit more difficult to actually, you know, check off the list and, and make sure you've done it right. Like in the Old Testament, they could just, they, they had their list. They had to do what they had to do uh, in order to be okay. But now it's kind of like open. It's kind of like more um, individualized. Like I, not that we change the law, but it's, it's my personal um, response to those commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the neighbor as thyself. And when you're looking at this, I'm, maybe I'm not making a lot of sense, but when you look at the world right now, I want to make sense that the church itself is so uh, convoluted, so divided, so confused, and there's not a lot of true revelation in the church. And everybody is trying to figure out stuff like, okay, is there a rapture? Isn't there a rapture? Is the end coming? Are we in the end? Uh, is Russia and Ukraine? What, what, da, 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 da. Just, just we're constantly distracted by trying to figure things out. So why? Why do we need to know all that stuff? Well, we think that if we know that stuff, we'll be forewarned and then we can be protected. But if you walk in the Holy Spirit, he's got it all figured out and he knows exactly what he's going to do to protect you in the, in the days that you need that wisdom and revelation. But so we, we get all pulled off into all kinds of debates and discussions and division. There's so much division about what's what, you know, should we cast out demons? No, that was for another day. There's no more miracles today. There's no more pro prophetic revelation. All of these things that just Satan just keeps dumping those garbage things on us to keep us busy trying to dig out from the avalanche of, of lies. But if you, if you want to really simplify your life, go back to the Word of God yourself. Take off your religious glasses, the indoctrinations, uh, the ways that you were raised, all of those, and just listen, just, just give God a chance. Give the Holy Spirit a chance to teach you himself what is in his Word rather than taking it through someone else's regurgitated you know, format of some sort. Because, because the lie is that I can't get it myself. I'm not good enough. I've got to go through somebody else. God can't talk to me. No, no, no. God will talk to you, wants to talk to you, and is in excited about talking to you, getting to know you, relating with you. And if we had each of us a powerful, strong, uh, confident relationship with Jesus Christ, our relationship with ourselves would be secure and we wouldn't be so vulnerable to everybody else's ideas and opinions and reinterpretations of everything because um, it's gotten really bad. I mean, even in the church, the things that we've accepted in the church now are blasphemous for the most part. Not every church, because every church is different. But the you know, but we have people who are accepting things that are blatantly forbidden in the Bible, considered um, blasphemous blasphemous or sinful. And yet we've now embraced those things, those behaviors, those concepts in our churches and have gotten so used to that, that now we don't even know that that is a, an abomination. Those things are an abomination to God because they're done in the church. They're done by the preachers. The preachers are doing them. Uh, it's all okay. Okay. So see the whole thing is meant to be that way. It's meant to be confusing. It's meant to be accommodating and, and 
condemning all at the same time. It's, there's, there's no truth in the world. They don't know how to hang it together, and they don't know how to keep it together, and they don't know how to make it even agree with itself. The only truth, the only stable foundation left is the same one we had in the beginning, and that is the Holy Word of God, as given to us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the prophets, and that is, and you, you are going to be the only one who's going to have to give an account and be responsible for your responses to the Lord yourself. You won't be, you won't be able to, I mean, yes, it's a difficult time. Yes, there's treachery everywhere. Yes, there's a lot of people being deceived. True enough, it's all part of the, the whole plan of Satan to destroy us. Absolutely. But you don't have to be destroyed. You still have your mind. You still have your desire for God. You still have your, your soul. You still have your spirit. Your spirit was built by God to know and want the truth. So let's just push aside all the obligations, all the expectations, all the lists, all the old mindsets, all the even the, um, imp- the programming and the indoctrination that began in us before we were born through the generational curses, through the generational agreements, through the open doors, the unconfessed sins, the unfinished business. All of that stuff is, is there to formulate, to shape, to be used by the enemy to twist and pervert and manipulate and try to um, interfere with your development in God. So, you know, the rejection, the, the failure, the um, anything. I mean, anything Satan can get his hand on. You're the wrong color. You are the b- wrong birth order. Whatever. He will take those things, you know, and use those to try to shame you, separate you from God, make you feel like you don't have a right to be here. You have to earn your right to be here. You're unworthy of love. You're unworthy of God. And all these things are just demonic vanity, just lies. You're here. God is the one who brought you forth. God is responsible for the timing. God is, whether you were, your parents were married or not married, whether you were the third one or the first one, you know, or came, you know, when mother was past childbearing, it doesn't matter. The timing is God's, okay? You are here authorized, designed, called forth by God. So your individual life is precious to him. He, you have to give an account of it too. But if you're gonna just, you know, drag your feet and wait for somebody else to figure it out and go to somebody else for all their advice. And it, there's so much perversion out there, so much twisting, there's so much deception, there's so much divination. There's no way you're going to be able to figure out unless you do a, the simple, it's me and you, Lord God, I'm going back to your word. I'm going to read it like you said. And, uh, you know, even let's just look for a minute at one of the meditations. One of my favorites is Psalm 5, 5 and 6. They really tell us um, David's heart in his situation, and also very, very parallel to what's going on today in our own lives. Um, the the one in uh, Psalm five, the heading in my Bible says a morning prayer for guidance. So obviously he would get up in the morning sometimes. I'm not saying this was what he did said in the morning, but he, you know, the one before that is when I go to sleep, you'll be with me, you alone cause me to dwell in safety. So, you know, in the morning, in the night, when in the middle of the day, David is crying out, talking to God. You know, you can do that too. You can talk to God, you know, crying out, praying. That's just great. If you actually can do that constantly, you know, and you're not cursing, you're not judging, you're just conversing with him and asking for wisdom and protection and guidance. And and then you can become a real powerful 
intercessor and you're going to be aware of your life. You're not going to be vegging and, and uh, you know, just putting yourself in automatic pilot and not even knowing what you're saying or doing because you're going to become deliberate and um, you're going to become uh, conscious of who you are and what's going on in your life. You're not going to kind of like relegate your life to everybody else and their demands and, you know, to fulfill appetites that belong to Satan. You're just going to be more conscious of who you are. So in, in, in Psalm 5, verse 1, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. And actually that word uh, meditation there is groanings. So he was groaning. He was having a hard time. People were chasing him all the time. He was, his life was in jeopardy constantly. And he didn't have, you know, I mean, he had no assurance. Yes, he was anointed the king. And that was his only assurance because he was out in the wilderness being chased by the king. You know, he was hounded and hunted. And so consider my meditation, give ear to give heed to the voice of my cry. So he's crying out to God. He's being vulnerable. He's lifting up his voice to God. And he called my king and my God for to you, I will pray. So he's praying, he's groaning, he's crying out. He's He's being vulnerable with the Father, with this, with how he understands God. This is before Jesus came. So he has only the Old Testament, basically, from which to glean his concept of God. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. So here he is in the morning, lifting his voice, you know, expressing himself, the fears, the worries, the troubles that might be there this day. In the morning, I will direct it to you, my voice, and I will look up. So he's going to position himself in that place where he's looking up. He's going to receive from the Lord God. He is going to look to him for provision and wisdom and direction and not look to himself. And how many of us really don't do that? We look to ourselves. We look to the list, the schedule, the day, the others, the the work schedule. We don't look to the Lord and realize that we are being directed by him or giving him God the opportunity to direct us. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness. Now, here you go. Nor shall evil dwell with you. So he's starting to sort out the day, the circumstances, the wickedness. He's seeing that God does not endorse wickedness. God does not uh, dwell. Evil does not dwell with him. Um, God doesn't entertain evil. God doesn't uh, embrace or or endorse evil. Uh, The boastful shall not stand in your sight. Uh, And isn't that a good word to describe what's really going on for most people. They're boastful, arrogant, unrepentant, hardened in their hearts, uh, self-justifying, uh, you know, greedy, covetous, fearful, ac- accusing. But the boastful shall not stand in your sight. So David is realizing his right to be there is not because of who he is or the pride or the achievements or accomplishments, but he's simply there because he needs to be there. He needs God to help him. Um, he says, going on verse five, you hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. This can be very comforting for all of us now because we know that iniquity abounds, that it's, it's treachery is on every hand, lying, uh, accusing, murder, violence, uh, speaking lies, falsehoods, even within the church without in, and outside the church, everywhere you go, people are lying. And you know, the, the scariest thing about it is they don't believe they're lying. They really believe the lies that they're they're speaking are the truth, so they're not able to discern the falsehoods, the endorsements that they're they're giving to evil and to lies because they're just they're just undiscerning. They have not been able to discern the truth 
from the air. And, and in Second Thessalonians, it says, when we refuse, chapter 2, verse 10, when we refuse the love of the truth, God will send us a strong delusion that we believe a lie, that he, he might be justified when he has to judge. So when what's happening there, you say, well, God is, you just said God can't be tempted with evil and he, evil doesn't dwell with him. But here's the deal. Evil does not dwell with God. But when you and I make a decision as a corporate, you know, humanity to reject God and to put our own rules in place or follow demonic guides and do all kinds of things that are twisted and perverted and, and, and believe, begin to reject the simple gospel, the counsel of Jesus Christ, then Satan comes and says, well, listen, here's the rule, God, remember the rule, whom they yield themselves servants to obey. That's whose slave they become, and they're listening to me. So therefore, I get to send this strong delusion, the spirit of stupor upon them. By the way, that stupor is in Romans chapter 11, where they refuse, the, you know, the elect and the, 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 the elect who received the gospel of grace and those who refused held on to the works. Uh, and on those who refused to go with grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ, there was a spirit of stupor. It says God will send upon them or give them a spirit of stupor. But what it is, is Satan is demanding um, and God, in his divine justice, doesn't say, oh, no, no, we're going to change the rules now because I'm going to help my people out and say, you can't have this. No, the rule is the rule. If you listen to the lie, if you if you believe the lie in place of the truth, if you embrace that, then Satan has a right to go to the, the, the he, he takes his, he, he doesn't really have any rights because everything he's doing is because he cheated and lied in, in the first place and deceived. But you know, that's the rule. If, if we continue to um, listen to the lie, then the liar gets to be Lord of your life. And until that such time as the Holy Spirit can bring you to that place of revelation and repentance, that's why we need the Word of God getting back into the Word. You, you, I'm going to tell you something. We don't have much time left to get this figured out. And the, one that, the only one you're going to be able to um, give an account for, really, I mean, yes, we have, and we pray for our children, our families, and we most definitely want to, you know, be there for them. But the one that you're going to have to stand before God and give account of is yourself. That's the only one. And so, yes, we need to get back to the truth of the power of his word. Anyway, he's a hater. God hates iniquity. Um, you shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Well, that's all we have down here right now is bloodthirsty, murderous, violent, butcherers, ab abortionists, all these things that are giving blood and power and agreement to Satan to take over this world. Now, I'm not saying everybody is like this, and that's good, but that just tells me that this war is to the core. I mean, when God said he was going to start to expose the hidden works of darkness, I don't think any of us had an, any idea how deep those darkness, those, those evil, vile things were. They go down to the root and core of every establishment, every activity, endeavor upon the earth. Satan has not missed or un, left one stone unturned in his attempt to deceive and destroy the things of earth. So everything is suffering. Uh, everything is being assaulted. But, but David reminds himself, God is still God. He hates bloodthirsty and deceitful men. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercies. The only reason and way we can come before the Lord is because of his love, his multitude of mercies, his goodness, his desire to see us. You know, where have you been? 
You haven't shown up in my house, in my presence, at my throne for many days now. Where have you been? What have you been doing? I missed you. That's what God would be saying. Well, we're so busy, we don't have time to miss God. But David is reminding himself, I'm coming this morning into your house in the place of mercy. Why? Because I need it. In fear of you, I will worship toward your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. And this is powerful. We have to have the wisdom of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to be led by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the living God. Jesus said, I am the way. And so many times there are many, many ways, many options, many things we could do to go this way or that way. But there's only one way. That's the Lord himself who is the way. So he's asking, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Because if I make one false move, one misstep, they will clobber me, they'll accuse me, they'll kill me. And even if I walk in my righteousness, they're going to do everything they can to destroy me and devour me. Make your way straight before my face. So we're, we're asking God to make our way plain, uh, clear, uh, of, of, um, reveal to us, Lord God, what really is the path and give us the assurance and keep us on that path. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. The, uh, there's no uprightness. There's no desire for truth. There's so many that pretend to be um, followers of God and they're so deceived. It's sad. It's beyond sad. And then they attack oftentimes those who are following God um, because they believe, they truly believe that the ones who are truly following God, like for example, John the Baptist or uh, Jesus himself, that they're, they're, not, they're not endorsing the things of God. Because they were breaking little rules like, you know, um, eating, uh, you know, grain on the Sabbath or, or uh, you know, harvesting or working or whatever. But even now, um, there's so many that are truly deceived in their service of God. And that's exactly what he said. They will kill me, Jesus said. They're going to kill me and think that they're doing God a service. And that's exactly, exactly what happened. Everything Jesus said is exactly what happened or what will happen. Um, their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. So David is describing the treachery and those who are caught in it. They flatter it with their tongue. Pronounce them guilty, O God. Don't be bound and don't be deceived by those who flatter. Flattery is a slippery slope that often leads right into the mouth of Satan. Um, witchcraft is a flatterer. Pronounce them guilty, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. In other words, you know, that's by their fruits you shall know them. And those who sow these kinds of things are going to harvest these the, the same wickedness. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against you. This is true. David was absolutely very clear. He wasn't hateful. He was asking God for justice. His enemies were real. They were the established authorities, Saul, King Saul. His, the, the, he was the one anointed, put, put in position by God to be the king. And then all of that went away when Saul rebelled against God and took matters into his own hands. And he says, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. So now David is going back in his heart. He's turning these matters over in his mind, his heart, thinking about them. And he's saying, but let me rejoice. Let those rejoice who put their trust in you. Yes, we can rejoice. In the midst of the terrible trouble, the injustices, the untimely deaths, the tragedies, uh, the traumas, uh, the violations of righteousness and truth that are rampant on the earth, we can still rejoice because we have put our trust in the Lord. 
Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Sometimes we don't feel defended. We don't feel protected. We don't feel covered. But that doesn't matter because feelings are not the accurate way to determine what's going on. It is knowing the power of God's word. God cannot lie. If he says he's going to protect us, if he's going to defend us, if he loves us, he's He's going to do that. If he's, you know, even though it doesn't look like it right now, you feel like you're going through a terrible time and it's, and God doesn't seem to be there. God is there. He is there. So don't be deceived by what it looks like, what it feels like, or the, or the longness of the trial. Just walk, keep walking. God is with us. He says, let them ever re- rejoice because you defend them. Let those who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. So that was David's morning worship prayer conversation with his God. Even as he woke up, he was setting his day aright. Now, sometimes we just sleep to the last minute and pop out of bed and rush off and grab a cup of coffee or whatever so we can have what we need to just get through the day. But that is not um, the way to start the day. And if you have a, a commute somewhere, use that commute time to, to pray your prayers. Talk to the Lord. Turn the radio off. You don't need all that noise all the time. And just ask God to give you the revelation because again, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And what we've had so obviously, you know, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. That's also in Proverbs 29, 25. And I think this is part of what the devil does. You, you're you snared by other people's opinions, their pressure, um, trying to be afraid of what they will say. You've got to make them happy. What will they think? I mean, it, this is a very subconscious uh, indoctrination and response. We don't even realize most of the time that we're um, we're, we're doing this because it's so familiar to us. So as we come before the Lord, as we make our own personal needs known, recognizing that God is not ignorant of the wicked, of the bloodthirsty man, of the deceitful man, of the treachery, of the violence. He is not, he's not ignorant. He's not forgotten it. He's not going to overlook it. He's not going to just let it go. There is a time of justice and judgment coming and people, you know, are trying to get everybody all anxious about, oh, you've got to have more food, you know, this and that. Yeah, all these things are coming. But the thing is, I'm going to walk in one thing. I'm going to walk in the promises of God. And if he says, occupy till I come and use your talents and don't bury them in the sand and keep going and keep reaching out and save another soul, save, tell another person about Jesus, give the good news to another person, pray for them. You know, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. The only way you can stay, stay strong and strengthened in that, uh, in that commitment to do that is by staying in the Word of God, the Word of God rightly divided. And there are many, even many versions of the Bible that have been watered down and, um, uh, you know, I mean, we can fight over versions of the Bible, but really there are some that ha- have you know, taken out or watered down or misconstrued many important concepts. So my perf- perf- preference is the old King James or the new King James. Those are my, and I, I know there's other good versions. I'm not saying you have to do that, but I just want us to know that the most important version is the one you look to for the Lord to teach you through. And if something doesn't line up, God will show you that, you know, you need to check this out and 
you know, another translation or you need to, um, you know, look at it in another way uh, from another Bible um, source. But, but God is faithful. He is the one who is leading us into all truth. It's not my deal. I am following him. I, I, I want this to make sense to you that you have got to decide. This is too ca- crazy out there. It's too complex, too complicated. And there's no way you're going to resolve any of it. And even if you thought you figured it all out, how it's going to go down, you don't understand. Satan always lays a plan within a plan within a plan. So nobody ever knows for sure what's really going on except him. And so if you think you've got to figure it all out to be safe, that's not the requirement. It's not, oh, when is the Antichrist going to show up or when is this or when is that? It, it, you know, we're all, that's the whole bait, trying to figure it all out and listen to the news and, oh, this and that and prophetic, whatever. But the thing is, you stay calm in the midst of the storm. You keep walking in the midst of the storm. You keep meditating on the Lord and his word. You keep walking in his faithfulness and do what he's called you to do, abiding in him, abiding in Jesus. And just, it's your walk, David's walk with God. David became the king after many years, I think it was 10 or 13 years being chased in the wilderness. You know, he was already anointed king, but he didn't get to be king right away because it took a while for Saul to be removed. But so he had those 13 years, 10 years of just believing God, believing God, waiting upon God, trusting God, being faithful, not caving, not, you know, giving up and going off after some un- unclean thing. So be your life is precious. The word of God is precious. God wants to connect us with his word to keep us in that place of integrity and honor and confidence and peace and truth and power and anointing so that we can be used by God. There are many in this remnant. It's not just you, not just me. There are many in this remnant um, that is elected grace. And so, Father, we just thank you today for the courage to walk as David did, to walk in the truth of the integrity that we will not fail um, or cast off restraint because there's no re- revelation. So let the revelation of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the, the, the true um, a, a revealing of the Word of God be our, our, our source of strength and comfort and our guide, Father God, in Jesus' name. And give us courage to let go of the garbage, the things that we believe to be true that weren't true. Walk away from them and don't turn back. Don't look back. Let go of those things that are just burdensome and don't do any good for you. Go back to the word of God, the pure, holy, precious word, and get yourself right with God. Repent, confess your sin, and ask God to bring us to that place of power and fellowship and truth and rest and love with him. And Father God, deliver us from evil, whether the evil is through drugs and the or, or oppression or the hatred of men, or the snares of witchcraft. Deliver us from evil, Father God, from the deception, and walk us in the the, the power and the counsel of your truth, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so today, we are also going to invite you to check out liferecovery.com. There are a lot of opportunities there to um, learn and understand the Word of God. Um, Today, uh, I would encourage you to look at, again, a case for justice, to understand what the goodness of God and the power of God and how God works even in the midst of what seems unfair and unjust to bring us to the place of 
victory and uh, holiness and um, bring truth and righteousness and justice to prevail in our lives. So a case for justice. God bless you and talk to you next week. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.